Elton, please don't sue us for using that song. I love it so much. Hello. Welcome to the spooky Halloween midnight premiere, maiden voyage of Bitch Please. I'm your host, Monique Roussel. I'm the writer, director, and producer of the Wicked Fresh Awesome Dance Party Sketch Comedy Show, running off Broadway for about four years. Actually, nobody knows who the fuck I am, but now you do, because I just introduced myself. And hopefully more will, because this podcast will be a kick-ass, fearless, no-holds-barred, spill-the-tea-fest, where we will talk about it all, baby, and then some. Helping me to do this today are my fabulous guests, John Fisher, one of my former crew and cast, and Lauren Gizmondi. Hey, you guys. Hi, I'm John. Hi, happy to be here. Fantastic. All right, you guys. So we're just gonna roll right into this with our first topic. Um, I actually call this the Bitch Please Queen of the Month. Mm. Mm. So you can only imagine what that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe it's probably going to become a recurring segment um, monthly, more than likely. And so this month's um, is actually a person. It can be a thought. It can be a thing. It's basically something that is going to be top of mind and more than likely top of my mind. Mm-hmm. And so this person popped into my head because I was scrolling um, through my Instagram feed and uh, I came upon this bustle article on Gwyneth <coughs> Paltrow. Mm. And in it, she said a couple of provocative quotes which caught my eye. Uh, one of them was, you know, fuck everybody, I don't care, I have my friends and family and my multi-billion dollar company and screw you. And I'm like, okay. And there were these uh, provocative photographs of her. And I gotta tell you, she looks fantastic. Maybe she's using goop, maybe it was retouching. I don't know what the hell it is. Um, But these were very edgy photographs of her and she was showing her ass in the camera. I'm like, okay, honey. They can't be as edgy as the ones from the 90s with Brad Pitt. Remember that? I haven't seen those. Oh, you haven't? I have. Were they naked? Okay. They Woo-hoo. were naked, yeah. That was huge. Wow. Woo. Well, that was like, that's where, funny, fun story about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Pitt and her were lounging out. They were dating at the time. They were lounging out somewhere, mm-hmm. I think, in her house. And the paparazzi got snapped of them naked. And it was all over, like, Brad Pitt's naked, Brad Pitt's naked. And Tania Twain took one look and was like, that don't impress me much. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, you're kidding. That don't impress me much. Are you serious? Yeah. That's no, the no, genesis that, of that, that song for real? That's the inspiration for the song. I love that. That is the best anecdote I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. That is so great. So then the second quote that she had in there was, after this, no one's ever going to hear from me again. Okay. And I was like, precisely, <laughs> bitch. Everybody hates you. Nobody wants to hear from you again. Like, we get it. So my big question is, you know, why does everybody hate Gwyneth Paltrow? And this is something that happened like a while back ago. You know, like, 
why did the tides turn for Gwyneth Paltrow? You know, and I was kind of trying to unpack that a little bit. And I have my thoughts, mm. I have my theories, I have my backstory, which I will give to you as briefly as I can. Um, but for me, it just boils down to the fact that, as far as I can see, this bitch um, has had a perfect life. Okay, so what constitutes a perfect life? Okay, well to me, okay, first of all, um, she is naturally gorgeous, by the way. She's like no makeup. I mean, well now, she's in her 50s. Mm -hmm. She's gotta yes. put on a little, you know, do a little something now. But, come on, Lauren, women, we need makeup, <laughs> we want makeup, Botox, anything we can grab. This bitch looks just naturally beautiful, like forever. Yeah. Okay, she was born filthy rich, Park Avenue, um, and my backstory is that one of my ex-boyfriends from back in the day went to high school with her. And one of the friends in his uh, circle actually dated her. So I know how she grew up. Listen, she won an Academy Award. She was proposed to Brad, Bad, uh, Brad Pitt. Uh, and here's the kicker. Um, this Goop product line. Do you guys know about this candle? Yes. Oh my God. The candle, the jade egg. Oh my God. I, it's pseudoscience. Somebody told me about this and I'm like, no wonder people hate this bitch, but it's contradictory because the candle is called, this is what my vagina yes. smells like. Yes. Really? Gwyneth? Yeah. At $75 a pop. Okay. Your, your, your bedroom can smell like Gwyneth Paltrow's supposed pussy, allegedly. Oh, God, we all want to pay $75. Now, the thing is, even a street walker might charge less. Yeah. But their vagina probably won't smell like Gwyneth Paltrow. But who knows? We can't assume that. We can't. But who knows? Who knows? It could be better. You know, you could be getting a bargain, yeah, for God's sake. You and you'll know. be doing more than, well, we don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at any rate, here's the kicker. Mm -hmm. The candle sold out. Yeah. And to it's... top it off, uh, it, uh, Elton John, who, we sp who I spoke about earlier in the podcast, yes. apparently bought the candle in bulk. Now, wait a minute. So let's look at this. Maybe he did it out of pity. Well, here's the thing. Elton John is gay, all right? So it's one of two things. Either he bought it as a gag gift for his friends, which it seems to me, you know, he has that kind of, you know, he has that kind of sense of humor where he really might do something like that. And then the other thing is, maybe it's his chance to finally, you know, smell a vagina without having to actually get near one. I mean, who knows? I can, I, I can attest to that as a gay man. I can attest to that. I can yes, see that. John is gay. So maybe my, you know, my theory could be correct. Um, but someone told me that it was the candle that kind of pushed things over the edge in terms of turning people against her, but it sold out. So it's because of the candle that her company is reportedly worth a quarter of a billion fucking dollars. Mm -hmm. What the hell? <laughs> and even like, I could I could go on forever about this this woman. Um, and then even like, when she won for Shakespeare in Love, the ice around her neck, her late father, Bruce Paltrow, mm -hmm. the Hollywood producer, bought her that necklace. That's a multi, like, million dollar. Now, as you guys may know or not know, 
these award shows and these like high profile, you know, the Met Ball, all these rocks these bitches are wearing around the, their necks, they gotta return that they shit. They are, yeah, that's just, this is very true. They are rented out, Cartier, right. all the big, yes, all the big ones, yes. rent that out and there is, um, I remember watching an episode of, I think it was Project Runway, and they had to design uh, gowns for an event mm -hmm. around a piece of jewelry. But they even said, like, the models, when they were putting on the jewelry, the models were like, can I take pictures with it on? Can I do this? And they, mm. the, the guards that were there were like, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. You, you, we will put it on you, but as you go on the runway, and as soon as you come off that runway, we are taking that it That shit off. is coming off of your <laughs> <Yeah>. neck. <laughs> Absolutely, and they have the guards not guarding the women, they're guarding, they're guarding the, the jewelry, the diamonds. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that shit is real. So that's my whole Gwyneth Paltrow theory. The bitch is too perfect, and everybody turned on. I her. just like that's what I think. I, I, I've read about her over the years, and I've read like, like she made a comment last year about how Nepo babies have to work twice as yeah, hard. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. I think that Nepo baby thing is really unfair, actually, to her. I'll, I'll say that because I actually think she's not a bad actress. She's not bad. I mean, yeah, I she know. never she's offended me as an actress. She's not like the best thing I've ever seen. No, but, but it's not even about the acting. Like, like, look, whether or not she's a great actress to me is irrelevant it's like don't say like don't you dare say oh i have to work twice as hard as a nepo baby she, she compared it first off she compared it to getting a medical degree it's like what yeah no yeah. literally she compared being in a be working as an actress to like like i mean they're both hard but in their own different ways and it's like if you're already if you already have the connections, which she does. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear. Let's be honest. You don't have to work hard. Yeah. You're like no, no. And it's like, yes, there are some out there who come from these families who do want to prove themselves as artists, and I totally respect that. And in that situation, it's best to let your work stay stand for itself. People are always going to have an opinion. That's just the mm -hmm. way it is. But like. Shut the fuck up about saying you have to work twice as hard compared to others out there. Here's here's or another thing I found offensive about her, and she did this jokingly, is she said, oh, someone asked her, where did, where did you put your Academy Award? And she said, oh, haha, I use it as a doorstop. Okay, please, come on. All right, so that's another reason I hate her. Uh, listeners, if you hear some heavy breathing, that is my puppy. Uh, he is a Ponsky and he's six months old. And he seems to be totally and he, and he seems to be totally he's enjoying John yes. right now. Completely in a way. Yes, now. he's just like um, he, so. My, Falcon, welcome to the podcast. My arm is like his is like a bone to him. I, I, I am I am I, I am so sorry. Bone inside my arm. I am so sorry. That's okay. So at any rate, um, we will continue on with this and moving forward. Here is my next top of mind person, um, which, and this is not a woman bashing podcast by any stretch, but it just so happens this woman, I mean, she's a phenomenon at this point. And so thank you, Falcon. Um, and so basically it's like, when I think about her, all I say is Taylor Swift, why? Why? <laughs> And I'm going to tell you that I think the reason why she is a billionaire is because um, she knows her audience. She knows her demographic, okay? So, I mean, there was such a craze with her tour 
And these tickets are so expensive. I have no idea how these people are affording these tickets. First of all, they're mortgaging their houses. I don't know what they're doing. But this literally tilted the world on its axis. I mean, it's insane. I think she's still touring, or she was. She is. She's still on the road. Right? I think she's on a break. But so she's I finally back. said to myself, let me listen to one of these songs. I had no idea. I don't know what this is. Mm -hmm. So I listened to the song and I said, is this song worth a billion dollars? Is it? I'm like, to an adult? No. But to a 12-year-old, a prepubescent 12-year-old girl, yes! And the thing is, is that that's who she's singing to, but she's also singing to like pervy 35-year-old men. Um, but whoever you make your money from, you know, I guess that's fine. But she's a billionaire because of 12-year-olds. And so what I like to call her is the Barney the Dinosaur of the music industry. And what that means is, um, I did work for PBS at one point, not trying to drop okay. names, but uh, there was a point at which there was a show. It was called Barney the Purple Dinosaur, Barney and Friends. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever have a friend who's a, you know, a three-year-old, I had a three-year-old son, um, there was this show and it was like this big purple dinosaur and this show was like a huge hit and it was for three-year-olds. Yep. But then there was this outcry among critics. Oh, it's so stupid. These, you know, these costumes are so unimaginative. How could this be a, a, even a show? This is a joke. And they were comparing it to the very clever, very sophisticated Sesame Street, which Actually, I'm thoroughly entertained by Sesame Street. Still. And I am still. still. I am still amused by Sesame Street. <laughs> I don't know what that and says about Taylor me. Taylor Swift and I are the same age. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, so, um, and it, 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 I'm supposed to be entertained by it because it's for the parents sitting with their kids going out of their minds. Mm -hmm. You know, give me something to think about here. I'm, yeah. I'm going nuts with my kid watching cartoons all day. Um, but the thing is, you know, somebody finally piped up and, and, and said about Barney, it's like, you can criticize all you want. This is meant for three-year-olds. Yeah. Three-year-olds look at Barney and they go nuts. So it's really the same analogy to me. You know, it's like a 12-year-old is going to look at Taylor Swift. First of all, this is another one that's like stunningly gorgeous, beautiful. And she's writing songs about feeling very awkward and out of place and insecure. And I'm like, bitch, look at you. There is no goddamn way that you actually feel insecure about I, anything. I think she does. I, I mean, the reality, I, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. I don't buy it. That's, which is fair. Maybe I'm, you know, jaded, whatever. <laughs> or I play, a bitch play. I mean, come on. The thing about it is I think that, that what, you're, what you're talking about really is about perception, right? Mm -hmm. So the way she perceives herself may not be the way the outside world perceives her. That's true. And but that's, I'm not going to cry for her all the oh, way to the bank cashing the no, billion dollar but, check. Well, no, now you don't have to because they're showing Eras, the tour itself, in movie theaters. Mm. And I went. Oh, I did go oh, with some friends. You went? I went well, I'm an, so I, I'm an AMC A-lister, so it's kind of like, like oh, well. So I'm now I just totally it. insulted you. No, not at all. But I want. I work with. I work with kids. I work oh, okay. with young people. So I'm okay. like, I need to kind of get in with this. Get, just understand why. Same with Olivia Rodrigo. There's a couple of them that I'm like, yeah. they're all. This is all. They all want to sing these people's music. So I'm like, let's just try and understand. And Taylor Swift and I are the same age. And I started listening to her music when I was like 18 years old. When uh -huh. she was like a love story and all the cute early stuff. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I understand. I get it. I don't agree. She's not my favorite. 
but I understand why so many people listening to her music find it relatable. Okay. Yeah. That's, and that, that's the short. Well, that's the short story. I, I will have to say that when I heard this, when I saw the song, and there was like yeah. this well-produced video mm -hmm. with her like inside a house that was like very small. It yeah. was almost like Alice in Wonderland, mm -hmm. and it is thoughtful, and there is a sensitivity to it. Mm -hmm. But a billion dollars. I mean. Give me, give me a break, you know. So it's like it's almost like she's feeling like she's, you know, um, that Kafka short story when he wakes up and he's a giant cockroach. Oh, metamorphosis. The metamorphosis. Yes. Um, you know, but I don't think she's Kafka esque. I, you know, <laughs> I don't. I don't, me, I don't buy me, it. Let me okay? say this. I don't let, buy let me it. say this right now, regardless <laughs> of whether you feel sorry for her or not. Like, let me be clear. She must be doing something right if she's a billionaire. And also... No, no, that's I, what I'm saying. God bless her. Yeah. She knows marketing. She understands her demographic. And what she sings, it, it resonates with people in many ways. And also, I give her such credit because she said something once that's so true. It's like, I think there was a reporter who questioned her about why do you always write breakup songs that put down the guys that you dated and she's like well they're doing the same thing about me and any other girl that they've dated and they don't get the same flack that i get mm -hmm. so and i mean it's so it's so true it's just you know she's that is dated a, a lot of guys she's dated a lot of guys but you know what hey a lot hey that's <laughs> honestly there's anything wrong with that so have i yeah so it, has lauren i'm sure <laughs> But like, I, but no, that's true. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> hey, you know, like that's what I love is that slowly, very slowly, society's perception is starting to change, and it's like, oh, it's okay to go out and date a lot of people. It doesn't make it you is. a, it doesn't make you a slut. It doesn't, you know, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. And I, I don't feel like a slut, Lauren. Do you feel like a slut for dating a lot of? Listen. Not lately. <laughs> Not walk a shame. Well, not lately. Yeah. No, no. Well, actually, yeah, let's not talk. Well, maybe, maybe we should segue into my my next uh, our next topic, <coughs> here, uh, which is um, dating apps. Yay! Yay! Dating apps. Uh, All right. Which one sucks less, Tinder or Hinge? Ooh. Bumble totally sucks. I'm totally off Bumble. Mm. Screw Bumble. Mm. I've had enough of that. Really? I've heard that. Isn't Bumble the one where, as the woman, you can reach out first? Yeah, but it doesn't really make a damn yeah. difference. <laughs> I been, I, I'm not on either of those oh, or okay. any of those anymore. The one I found, because I experienced, so y'all can't see me. I am a plus size lady. So, um, so sometimes when you go on normal dating, I mean, d dating in listen, general Listen, you're sucks. an attractive woman. I'm sure there's a I'm lot of men who would love to right. go out with you, Lauren. But since we're talking about like branding and marketing just yes, before, I'm yes. like, there's an app out there called Woo Plus that's like for people who oh. are plus size and those who want to date people who are plus size. Okay. And I'm like, oh, I like this little Venn diagram. And I'm like, actually, it's a very positive, for the most part, <coughs> really positive experience, which oh, is a first. That's good. Because all the other ones are kind of like dumpster fires. I think dating apps, are, frankly, are kind of the way things are just, you want to point to everything that's killing society? I'm like, look at dating apps. I'm like, here we go. We can judge people and then just swipe, swipe, swipe. I'm like, I do it on the subway in person, which is like no better, but. Yeah. It's almost a little I, too convenient. Yes. You know, and the thing be. is though, like um, when I got my divorce uh, years ago, the only thing that there was was match.com. Oh, match.com. And at that time there was like a stigma. I felt like such a loser for going on Match.com and there was like a stigma 
right. around like, oh, you met him on the computer. I'm like, after a while, I was like, listen, screw you. I gotta, I, I gotta meet a man. I gotta meet a guy here. Mm -hmm. um, and now the thing that's great about the apps, I feel, is that the stigma is gone. No one gives a crap. Yeah. Uh, however you meet somebody, and it's kind of a cool way to meet somebody. Mm -hmm. And um, I've actually talked to a lot of people, um, believe it or not, on these dating apps. Um, the, the, an experience that I had recently was I met this guy, and uh, he was Turkish. Okay. Which is interesting. Normally, I don't uh, go for guys like, I'm Moroccan. I don't really go for guys of Mediterranean descent. It's just not, not my type. You know, like I did like British guys, Australian guys, New Zealand. Mm. Uh, you know, that's type of thing. Sure. Aussies. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, he was attractive. And uh, I actually did date a, tur a Turkish guy um, years ago who I don't. But that's another story. But anyway, attractive. <clears throat> he had his own business. Uh, you know, he had his own thing going on. He asked me out, which was very nice. That's refreshing, you know. Uh, and I told him about my dog and I said, you know, I want to take this dog like everywhere I go because he's like a baby and I, I don't really want to leave him home and I don't want to leave him home anywhere. Like I just take him everywhere. I don't, I don't, I love my dog. So he turns around because uh, we, we had agreed to maybe meet with the dog and have coffee, which is very nice, you know, in the park. That's mm -hmm. lovely. Yeah. And so when I said the thing about like, well, I don't really, you know, I got to bring the dog everywhere with me and I can't really leave him alone. He turns around and says, oh, well, maybe we can uh, get under the covers and watch uh, binge watch uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. And the reason he said that is because I mentioned it in my profile that I liked those movies. So I was like, whoa, okay? I don't know you, I've never met you, and you're talking about jumping into the sack. And if you really want to impress a woman and get her to go out with you, you're not gonna say that, you know what I mean? Like you're really not gonna lead with sex. So I thought, well, one strike, you know? It's a little presumptuous, wouldn't you say? Everybody's like level of that is different. I think so, but I know plenty of people out there who see that and it's the opposite. It's like, oh, I'm like, this is what I'm, it's like, they're well, thinking yeah, it, it depends on what so, you yeah. there's, there's, The majority of users on these apps, doesn't matter if it's Tinder, Hinge, whatever. Mm -hmm. They, you know, I, the majority of them, that's what they want. Yeah, they're they, looking to they, they just, they want sex. And but, it's he, like, but he wasn't acting like that with me. He was being very gentlemanly. Well, well, well there's he different, very, you know. Well, there's different types, you know. There's like the ones who are straight up direct, which I actually appreciate well, that, those that's more. That's fine. Like, I mean, if just, that's what you want, but that's what his profile didn't, his profile didn't say, hey, I'm looking. But, but that's what down. I'm saying is that there are others out there, and yeah. this I don't respect, is the people who like, Make it out. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking to date, and then when you're on the date, all mm -hmm. they keep oh, on yeah. bringing up the references to sex. Hello, and it, you know. Yeah, I know. We know this. It's we have experienced this, haven't we, Lauren? Yeah. On dates. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I just think it's a turnoff, you know, mm -hmm. and and I think it's a little too presumptuous. You know, he kind of had a little gap there, so I just veered it back in the direction. I said, hey, you know, I think it'll be more fun if we just meet in the park and have a cup of coffee with my dog. Mm -hmm. Why don't we go do that? Yeah. So I actually proposed a day and a time, and I said, hey, how about next Friday at two o'clock? So a day goes by, suddenly I don't hear from him. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there going, oh, okay. So now, but he was like very gung-ho prior to this. Right. Okay, you know, just being so charming and, you know, flattering me and just saying all these things and saying like really interesting things. And here's the thing about the guy that gave me pause and it made me say, hey, this could be something, is 
I told him my dog's name is Falcon. My dog's name is the Millennium Falcon, mm. by the way. Um, but I told him my dog's name is Falcon, and he said, oh, my name means Falcon in Turkish. So I said, huh, maybe this is kismet. You know, you get a, you get a ray of hope. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so dire. <laughs> it's like, so I waited a whole day to hear from this guy, and I'm sitting there waiting, and I'm going, wait a minute. <clears throat> I wait for no man. Okay, girl, girl, right? Sure. I don't sit around waiting for some guy, and especially, he's the one who asked me out first. He was the one coming on to me. He was the one who was like, oh, you know, going crazy to meet me. Mm -hmm. And then I said, you know what? Boop, unmatch, mm -hmm. unmatch, okay? Homie, don't play that. Mm -hmm. My cat seems to be enjoying John as well. You can't yeah. see this. Maybe one day we will videotape this podcast. That's okay. Because this is actually comical. That's okay. <laughs> He's just licking me. The dog was like literally trying to chew my. I've got two I'll, cats. If, in if the I dog. have to choose, I'll take I'll take the hair licking any day. I'm surprised he can oh even God. find any hair up here on this ball. So, John, have you uh, had any experiences with Grinder? Oh that the God, game? yeah, that yeah. I've I've had experience. I mean, like honestly, let me first off. Isn't that just a hook? Is that a hook? That's a hook it's, up. It's a hook. I mean, they're all hookup sites. Let's be honest. Pretty much. They're all pretty much hookup. Pretty, pretty much. Let's hookup gateways. Website. But it's like Grinder. Yeah, Grinder is upfront about being the hookup. Like the pro problem with Grinder that I just like cannot stand, or or just even the problem with gay dating is that whenever I'm having a conversation with anyone on any dating app, any guy, I always get the same. I always say, okay, um, I'll come over, I'll bring some condoms, and they're like, oh, no need for condoms. Uh -oh. No need for con. It's always the same because they always say I'm on prep. I was about no to say need. everybody's on prep. Everybody's oh, on. Oh. Everybody's on prep. Oh, okay, what is that? What is that? So prep is like. I a, don't know. So prep is a drug that you can take that will increase your immunity to oh, getting okay. HIV and AIDS, okay. which yeah. is important. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you can get it down at the free clinic. Like they'll give you a prescription. You go. You get it. I think mm. it's like. How am I, I? I don't know. I think it's like you, I know you can get it both like interview like intravenously once a month, or you could take a pill every day. Yeah, so, like, and, okay. And and like that's yeah, and that's great. But they'll always tell you wear a condom because that is the most. Of uh, course. Yeah. That's the best way to protect yourself. Especially with a total press. stranger. It's, I mean, my yeah. God. It's it's not just that. It's also like. It's great that you have prep. I would say use it with a condom because the more safety, the better. But also, like, prep only protects you against HIV and AIDS. It doesn't protect you I against mean, gonorrhea, claps. Else. So oh like, shit! Put like, on a condom for God's sake. Exactly. Sex. I love when the guys are like, "Oh, oh, oh come on, oh man, sorry, condoms are not my thing." And I'm like, "Really? Okay, well, then you know I'm what? I, you know what? I, but you know what else is in?" I always say to them, you know what isn't my thing? Mm. Me scratching my balls because your dirty ass gave me the clap. Oh God, how disgusting. Like, come on. Let's go Let's go into another topic that's a total 180 here. I was about to say, I'm like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> balls, and we're gonna go into something. As I said, we're gonna talk about all different <coughs> kinds of subjects. Okay. But no subject is off the table, mm. okay? So here it comes. What the hell is going on now with UFOs, UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. They named it something different. Let me talk to you about this. The US government has been 
sort of keeping this under wraps and suppressing this information for decades, okay? It's been like a big cover-up. They never want to talk about it. It doesn't matter how many reports there are. And do you know that there was recently a congressional hearing about this? Yeah. Are you aware of that? Oh, yeah. I follow this guy, Jeremy Corbell. I don't know if you guys know who he is. He, if you want to check him out, he did an amazing documentary on Netflix about Bob Lazar, who was a guy who claimed to work at Area 51, uh, who, when he went into a hangar, there was a gigantic um, spaceship there, uh, which was clearly not of human origin, and he was asked to help reverse engineer it. Now, everybody tried to say he was a crackpot. Um, they tried to discredit him. However, Jeremy Corbell actually um, did part of his documentary um, about Bob Lazar, and um, Jeremy Corbell is also working with a guy by the name of George Knapp, who is an old-timey, uh, old like, uh, news reporter from a local Las Vegas uh, uh, station who interviewed one of the Lear family of Learjet, who proceeded to tell these unbelievable stories about UFOs. And George and uh, Jeremy um, actually have a, a podcast called Weaponized. Um, which I highly recommend. Um, but Jeremy Corbell actually was the one who organized the congressional hearing. And in it, there were these two whistleblowers. And one of them was, I believe his name is Commander Farver. Um, he spotted something called a, it's called the Tic Tac incident. They spotted this uh, ship or this craft that was kind of shaped like a gigantic Tic Tac. And the thing proceeded to dart around his F-16 uh, crew. Um, he had this uh, squadron of F-16 planes that were flying off of San Diego. And he encountered this himself. This is a man who is a career, you know, Na Navy Air Force commander um, testifying to Congress about this. And it was basically Congress also saying to, um, you know, um, companies like Boeing, like Lear, um, that, you know, if you have any of these craft <laughs> in your possession, you are to turn this over immediately to the U.S. government. So they're saying that there, these craft exist. Um, they're also acknowledging that there's alien bodies mm -hmm. as well as craft. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Who is acknowledging this? Um, Congress. And Congress is calling upon these two whistleblowers who, one of them was Commander Farber, <clears throat> who spotted this TikTok. And actually, the, there is a very famous um, radar uh, video footage of the TikTok itself, which is like all over the media. And then there was another guy by the name of David Grush, who actually is right out of the Pentagon. And the Pentagon currently has... Well, this is letting us know we're actually at 30 minutes. <laughs> so we're gonna have to end the show soon. But um, yeah, we're gonna wrap this in a minute, but basically uh, this guy, uh, David Grush, testified about alien bodies, um, about uh, alien craft being re um, reverse engineered. And the whole reason that we you know, don't have anything existing now is because um, we can't figure out how to reverse engineer it, anything, um, because it's just 
you know, our version of the laws of physics are not really applying um, to what is in front of these people who are trying to figure this out. But David Grush is straight out of the U.S. Pentagon, um, and he actually was part of a faction, um, and I forget what they're called. Um, there used to be a faction back in the, I believe in the 50s, called Project Blue Book, um, but this is like a new one. And um, so it's like, I thought the next day after this congressional hearing that it was going to be splashed across, uh, you know, the New York Times, Reuters, AP, oh my God, congressional hearing, these two whistleblowers. These two guys, Grush and Farber, as I mentioned again, um, these were highly regarded people. They weren't crackpots, you know? So um, do we think it's real? Yes. I mean, I, ever since I was a small child, I thought the universe is so big. How could it not? I mean, how could we be the only intelligent life in the universe, you know, in an ever-expanding infinite universe? I mean, take a probability class, you know, in you know. I mean, I'm, open, I'm definitely open to the fact that there may that there may be life out there, but I feel like if there is, they're like billions of light years away. I don't know. I just, I like, I. This is the first time I'm actually hearing about all this. Google it, man. I'm telling you. Google this congressional hearing; it'll blow your mind. And it was recent. It was just like a month or so ago. Yeah, it was in the last six months. Yeah, and it's like the U.S. government is sort of acknowledging this and asking these whistleblowers to come to come forward. And I was trying to ask myself, after covering this up for all these decades, why is the U.S. government coming forward with this now? And uh, actually, we were talking why? off mic about um, the military spending budget. And this is something that it's like they were trying to make these UFOs, you know, presented to the public as. Um, okay, these UFOs, it's not China, it's not Russia, we don't know the origin of these of these craft. Uh, we are highly suspecting that these are alien craft and they pose a threat to national security and we need more money! Trillions of dollars! If, oh my god. If UFOs do exist, like, my question is why the hell are you coming to Earth? We're a shit species. They don't know that at first, though. I mean, I you mean, never they, know. <laughs> you never know. They could see it. Well, they've been hanging out here. They are real. They could monitoring out. us. And I would just be like, uh, yeah, no, let's just, why don't we just go? Or maybe we should just blow up the planet because they yeah. seem like really shitty assholes who would just like destroy our. I mean, we're already destroying the universe we're with all the emissions. Yeah, we're destroying our, ourselves. So. It's with funny you say this. This is literally South Park. I can't believe I'm saying this. South Park had a whole episode about this where the where the Earthlings discover that Earth is actually <coughs> just a reality TV show for the rest of the universe. Oh, totally. And once the Earthlings find out, they were, they threatened to blow up the planet. And I'm like, that's Duh. because that's because they're not getting their resistance. Well, I've, like, I've always said, like, if these aliens were malevolent in any way, we would have been toast. Yeah. I mean, a long time ago. So fortunately, you know, they're so advanced, obviously, technologically, yeah. and maybe perhaps, you know, obviously, intellectually and spiritually, you know, because they, they haven't turned us, uh, you know, to ash. Uh, as yet. Well, guys, this has been amazing. Um, so great to talk to both of you. Um, we are going to be doing this next month. There will be all new topics and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. See ya. See ya. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.